Let's go. All right. Welcome back to Thanks for Your Concern. You're here with Bernie Say. And I'm Ella. So today we have we're gonna talk about body image and self-love. It's been a journey. Definitely been a journey. It's still a journey. Oh yeah. It's something you work on every day. But I'm excited about this just because I feel like it's something that I definitely struggled with when I was younger. And now that I'm, you know, semi self-actualized, I feel like I have a little bit of advice to give. And I don't know, I just kinda wanna put out some good energy into the world about loving yourself. So I'm excited for this episode. Me too. I think um, I have a lot of thoughts, so I'm ready to just dive in. So um, Ella, let's do a quick check-in and then let's get right on to it. How have you been? I've been good. So boyfriend's mom's in town. So we did all the touristy Seattle stuff and that was fun. I haven't gone out a lot in the past 10 months. I think this is the most I've been like outside in Seattle. So it was good. I think it was good for me. What about you? How have you been? Um, I've been good. I mean, I'm really excited to hear about um, your time with your boyfriend's mom. I think we've talked about this a little bit, but like um, Ella's boyfriend is white. So um, always meeting white uh, parents is definitely, at least for me, has been a trip uh, of the people like I've dated. I think the thing for me that's so weird is that a lot of people they probably think like oh I have a podcast I do stand-up comedy like I would be a super outgoing person but really in real life when I meet new people I'm really shy and so I think it's definitely like because she's definitely seen my comedy knows I have a podcast so I think she like expected for me to be like crazy outgoing and like never stop talking because I don't once I get to know someone but getting to know someone, I'm like, I'm nervous. I'm alive. <laughs> yeah, hi. I, like listening. <laughs> I love that. For me this week, let's see. Didn't do much. I, I'm not really. I was quarantining. And in case anybody cares, I'm still unemployed, still waiting for the immigration offices to renew my permit. So pray for me. Um, but I realized that I just can be dependent on the American government. So I've just been think about ways that I can make my own money. Um, So I'm going to start a brand. I love it. I mean, (laughs) that's already been in the works. So I feel like everything happens for a reason. Yeah. So this is my my push because I don't want to be poor. Um, So here we go. (laughs) All right. Let's just dive into this topic of the day. start with where we are kind of now and then maybe work backwards yeah so where I am now is I'm trying to work on like body neutrality I think there's like a high emphasis on body body positivity which is like everybody's beautiful but like body neutrality is like the next step which is like my worth isn't it doesn't matter what I look like at all because my worth isn't put into what I look like I love that I I could definitely resonate with that. Uh, For me, I think quarantine and looking at myself in the mirror every day and like not being able to do a lot of things definitely took a toll on like my mental health and how I felt about myself. Um, So it kind of put me on like a rut where I like wasn't happy with like, I guess my body or, you know, things like that or like where my life was in terms of not being able to do a lot of the things that I wanted to do. Um, so it re- really made me take a step back and think about like where my influences were coming from and why 
and like, where was this perception of like what I wanted to look like and where did that come from and how Mm -hmm. basically being mean to myself. So right now I'm just like really trying to figure out where I want to go and the type of lifestyle that I want to have in the future and how to unteach some of like my bad habits and make a more positive lifestyle but that doesn't necessarily have to do with weight and we'll definitely talk about more like about influences and stuff but yeah I'm definitely still going through it you know still reflecting every day about just where my influences are coming from and why is it exactly that I feel a pressure to look a certain way I definitely vibe with that I feel like my body image issues just started so young that it's sometimes hard to even think about like where this journey all began but I do remember like being bullied pretty bad, like even way back into like the fourth grade about how I looked and definitely like takes a toll on you just because Mm -hmm. you're so easily influenced when you're younger. So it's like if you start feeling bad about yourself when you're fucking eight years old and think that there's something wrong with you and how you look when you're eight, it just carries on into adulthood. And it took me way longer to unlearn things than it did for me to learn things. That's been my biggest struggle and my struggle growing up and like I'm going to be real. Like, I swear to God, I feel like I haven't like loved myself until I was like 23, like 22, 23. Yeah. You know, I've not been comfortable in my own body until like my mid 20s, which is crazy to think about. I mean, kids can be fucking rude, bro. <laughs> like- oh, my gosh. OK, I'll tell you, like, <laughs> to keep this lighthearted and like we can laugh at this now. The names in fourth grade would be like Pillsbury Doughgirl. That was a big one that they called Yikes. me um like double butt because my butt was as big as my stomach like these are like things that I heard like every single day of fourth grade and I feel like our parents or not our parents but I guess my mom's generation I just think things were so different it's really hard to compare my mom's upbringing in the fucking 60s yeah. to the 2000s so I feel like there was like a disconnect where she's like well no like it like can't be that bad or like you just have to tough it out and right, right, now right. I feel like <laughs> parent like how i'm gonna be a parent i'm gonna be like dude i'm gonna go beat a little kid's ass like if they're gonna fucking torture <laughs> my kid every my single kid, day literally like come on like you're about to catch these hands but yeah um i actually didn't necessarily have a lot of like bullying going on when i was younger but a lot of like my body image issues came from like honestly not being white like i yeah, there was like this, <laughs> this perception of like white was beautiful. And I just, I ha- like internalized that so much. And I had an issue with like, why couldn't I be white? Um, which obviously is like mm-hmm. super cringe worthy now, but it was something that I really struggled with. And I wore glasses since I was younger. I didn't necessarily get a lot of like comments about that other than like four eyes, but those are whatever, you know, I think more of my mm-hmm. self-esteem issues honestly came from like immigration and race. Uh, but then when I got contacts, when I was 13, once I put those babies on, I was, I looked at myself and I looked 20 pounds fucking heavier. And I was like, wait, <laughs> have I been fat all this time? And I just like, didn't know because I had glasses. So that was definitely an interesting uh, thing that changed in middle school where I was like, oh, I feel I feel bigger than I thought I was. So I think that's where I became really self-conscious of just like my body proportions. (laughs) I think another thing is that I think about at least about growing up is we kind of grew up in the early 2000s, which was a really interesting time. And I remember loving like America's Next Top Model. 
and I've gone back. That show is so fucking problematic and on toxic. so many levels <laughs> yeah. and so toxic. Like these women that they were considering plus size models were literally my size. Like literally people that were size sixes were plus size on this show. And like I look back and I watch this and I was like, this is so cringy that this is where I was like setting my yeah. ideals of beauty in was in these early 2000s. Skinny, skinny, skinny <laughs> bone showing, low rise jeans that, oh my God. Oh yeah. No, it's yeah. And Tumblr, like Tumblr was a super toxic place. Definitely. And Social media and the internet, man, they were very toxic environments. Mostly like when you're young and you get influenced by a lot of people, like also being sad and like mm-hmm. joining themselves and being like, oh, I don't like my body either. And then every time I would find like a Tumblr blog that was about like eating disorders, obviously, honestly intrigued because if I like, if I had body image issues, I was looking at other girls who like also had the same thing. And I never necessarily did any type of eating disorder habits growing up, but I was not like not intrigued. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've talked about it specifically, but like homegirl went through a little bit of a disordered eating phase. Um, I know some people like people that like have not been diagnosed with anorexia. They're like, oh, well, then you're just like self-diagnosing yourself. But like mm, I didn't eat uh, for like ever. You know what I'm saying? Like I yeah. had like I told my parents I was raw vegan <laughs> and that like allowed me to get away with only eating lettuce and avocados for like weeks and like to be completely honest like i don't think my parents like they just flew over their head because yeah, you're young and so you don't, f- they don't think you care about that i also just feel like it was like one of those things where it's like i was already vegetarian so being like i'm raw vegan now because meat is murder my parents were like okay whatever she's going through a phase because i went through a lot of phases when i was younger let's be real like <laughs> i was like mormon for eight months you know um <laughs> that's just a whole nother story side for note. another day <laughs> side note but no tumblr was so toxic and like you literally the thing about tumblr there's like no checking like there's no check-in balances on tumblr at all like anything goes on that platform so i feel like with even like with twitter or instagram things will get taken down but tumblr like nothing gets taken down and i mean that's a lot of different sites on the internet not just tumblr that i feel like definitely uh feed into the narrative of like people being unhappy um which is Mm -hmm. something i'm scared of honestly like moving forward children having access to a lot of fucking information Mm -hmm. and sites that maybe they shouldn't (laughs) maybe they shouldn't love yourself oh and also like through high school like I, I didn't, I didn't necessarily like feel very cute. Like I was a very late bloomer. Like I got my period late in the eighth grade. So like just, I just had like baby fat, you know what I mean? And I think in high school, I started seeing a lot of girls who had like, like, I don't know, fucking 30 year old bodies. And I'm like, fuck. I feel like for me, like I was on cheer and while I'm a really short person, like I'm not like a tiny person if that makes sense and so I feel like a lot of people I remember this moment like distinctly actually like hashtag traumatic but it was when we were getting our cheer uniforms and they were Mm. calling it out by sizes and they (gasps) called like I know so they called like a 23 waist and they were like oh that must be Ella's and it fucking wasn't it wasn't mine because my ass is not a fucking 23 I've never been a goddamn 23 that's tiny yeah and I remember the person who it was was like I'm not going to say my arch nemesis, but some girl I just did not like. And I was like, of course, that fucking bitch is skinnier than me. Like, da 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 da. And I just remember being so embarrassed when they're like, 
no, that's not, that's not uh, Ella's. And then my cheer coach was like, Ella's got a little junk in the trunk. She's chunky. She's like, you know, and I was like, <gasps> that's fucking rude. Fuck her. And then, I know. She was Let's like, it's a good thing. Her. Like fucking men like curves. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You know, God, that was terrible. Kim K is a problematic person, but thank God she came around and she, <laughs> because the perception of beauty, like kind of changed when this bitch came out, even though like it's, I'm telling you, she's like probably the most problematic person ever because she steals all like black culture. But points of fucking being is that the perception of beauty kind of changed like in our high school days to become like a fuller, curvier figure. And I do want to say thank God for fucking that because there was no way I was ever going to fit in that skinny, skinny version of beauty to this day. I think... I think it's so hard for me looking back because I so badly like wanted to fit it, like be that skinny. Like I remember being like, oh my God, I want to be that skinny. I want to be that skinny. Like I remember thigh gaps were really popular at one point (laughs) in high school and it was just never going to happen. And then, yeah. yeah, So then the curvier image. Thunder thighs in middle school. Mm. Yeah. That comment really stuck in because I never had the thigh gap. And I know we sound really toxic right now, but we're going to talk about how, how we debunked toxic and became better people um but i think it is important to talk about the fact that like our influences at the time were like these very skinny people and this really um eurocentric version of fucking beauty and the way that like we didn't fit i feel made me feel like not like terrible about myself i've had like a good self-esteem growing up but it always made me feel like i could be prettier or i could do certain things if i adapted certain fucking practices that white people did um and i think that all like really changed in college i feel like eurocentric beauty standards have really affected me as far as like i was looking at even earlier today like some not before pictures but it's like you can clearly see on my instagram where my thought on how i looked started to change Mm -hmm. because it's like you see the hair goes curly. You see that I start wearing whatever the fuck I want and I don't take selfies from one fucking angle because that's like <laughs> the straightest, my most narrow look, you know, my that's how fucking like the my, yeah, like my nose looks the tiniest from right here. Like I could literally tell you how I could make my face like in my mind is not like a conscious like, oh, like, let me look more Eurocentric. Let me look more white. But that's like what I'm trying to achieve. And I feel like in college, this was definitely perpetuated my freshman year. And then after that, I was like, wait, this is kind of fucking gross, you know? (laughs) Well, yeah, because we joined the sorority. We were surrounded by white people. We were trying to fit into the trends, the things that everybody else was fucking doing, the way that boys liked a certain look of a fucking girl. But you know what? That's fucked up. And I learned this in a Chicano Latino studies class (laughs) that liberated the shit out of me. I think I spend a lot of my fucking life not realizing how I was being influenced in this disgusting way to want to be more white until this class where they were like, yo, like this, like the fact that you are sucked into this idea of beauty, it like is oppression. Like you're essentially fucking oppressing Mm -hmm. yourself because you're trying to fit into this. And I was like, you're fucking right. And I've been oppressed in every, so many other ways that I'm like this one, I can, I can reclaim, I can take it back. I can change it, you know, on the, they also yeah. talk about like sexualizing like women's bodies who are like POC mm-hmm. and learning about all of that like really made me understand the way that like society has already set out these rules for what I as a person of color like should look like and how I defy or fall into 
whatever the fuck I want to look like and how I for me to not be part of this cycle where society tells me what the fuck to look like I really need to look like deeper within myself and figure out like who I am aside from all this bullshit you know what I mean yeah I think I have a very similar experience but more like obviously like I'm African-American so like looking at some of the rhetoric in the African-American community, including like colorism. And like, I remember we had like a group of black people on campus that were like, oh, we're like team light skin. Not that I ever said that, but like they would say that. And then I was included in that. And then I remember just being like, you guys realize like that's highly problematic, right? Yeah. And they were like, what are you talking about? Because it's like they have never even like really thought about it. The reason why light skins are more desired is because it's you're closer to white. I think when you just kind of examine your own thoughts and beliefs as a person of color, you kind of have to unlearn stuff. Yeah. And once you start unlearning stuff, it was just kind of liberating because when you're trapped by beauty ideals that you're just never going to achieve because they're unachievable, especially for a regular person who doesn't want to get a shit ton of plastic surgery. Like I'm never going to like look white. Like it doesn't matter how much I fucking do. I'm not going to be white. And that's totally okay. And I'm okay with that. But trying to achieve whiteness is unattainable. And it's not okay with me anymore. You know, I feel like I've been, even with TikTok, there's so many fucking accounts of, this is my plastic surgery journey. Like this is, I'm going to show you guys, like, I don't like my nose, so I fixed it. And then I started seeing a lot of like indigenous people posting and people of color. Then they're like, my nose is like part of who I am, part of like where my lineage comes from like no I'm not gonna fucking change my nose to look more white and I was just like you're fucking right and I got the fuck out of (laughs) that plastic surgery tiktok I've like literally like probably up until recently like I was like oh my god I can't wait till I have money to get plastic surgery and now I'm like the fuck are you talking about like get the fuck out of here like get out of that mindset of that you need to change yourself or that there's gonna be something that change your appearance and that's going to be a game changer because it's really a slippery slope because like let's say i get my boobs done i've always want not anymore but i've always wanted to get my boobs done it's like yeah yeah, you get your (laughs) you get your boobs done and then guess what you want to do this you want to do that you want to do this and it's just like you're striving to the unachievable and i feel like my brain was so foggy for a really long time that i couldn't even see myself clearly because it was just like a fog of other people and other people's ideals and Mm -hmm. like defining myself by other how other people looked and like really like comparison and I feel like when I was comparing myself to people who were literally white I'm like oh my god that girl's so pretty like I want to look like her whether it's subconscious or not once you stop comparing yourself to people that you will never look like it just was really liberating I agree. And I like part of the way that I had to like reteach myself about these things and change my influences. I, I started going through like the people that I follow on social media. And I was like, okay, well, why do I follow these people? Like, I don't follow a lot of influencers. But obviously, there's still like celebrities and accounts. And I'm like, okay, well, like, is there anything I like about this person other than she's pretty and like her makeup looks good on her? Like, not fucking really, you know, so I started finding people that looked like me that were that were like you know like thick and beautiful and brown and now I follow a lot more accounts like that and they're showing me that they're beautiful and they're empowered and that they love themselves and they're stylish honestly like that helps me like that empowers me because I'm like oh me too I like 
this is what I look like. Like I love fashion. I work with what I've got. Like no outfit has ever fucking <laughs> stopped me because of my body mm-hmm. size, which is something that I think when I was younger, it it did because um, I don't know. My mom, I listened to this podcast, but we've talked about this before. Um, my mom, when I was in high school and I, I wanted to go to a party and like my butt and my thighs have always just like been bigger than other people. And mm-hmm. I was wearing a pencil skirt and she was like, oh, like, I don't think you should wear that. And like my friend was wearing the exact same thing. And she was just like a little mm-hmm. skinnier than me. And I was like, well, why can't I wear that? And she's like, well, you're going to look like a prostitute. And I was just like, what? And she's like, yeah, like, like girls that look like you like shouldn't be wearing that. And I, I didn't talk to her for like four days because I was like the audacity, this bitch. And I still wore it, but like, I didn't feel as good about myself wearing it. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So part of that had to be with like talking to my parents. Like sometimes my dad will say unsensitive things to me or my mom or about like, oh, you've been gaining weight. And I'm like, that's unacceptable. Like, first of all, my weight is not under your concern. Thanks for your concern, but that's fucking unacceptable. You should never comment on somebody's weight, mostly if you know that that's something that they have an issue with, That because society mm-hmm. puts issues on all of us. So, you know, leave your comments at the fucking door. If you are worried about me, let me fucking know, but don't tell me that my weight is any type of relation of how I'm doing emotionally. You know what I mean? So yeah. that was like one of the biggest things that I had to put some boundaries with some people in my life. Like, don't fucking talk to me about that ever again. Um, yeah, another I do one, the same was just like not realizing but owning the fact that like I am someone who has like fat phobia like I think a lot of people like we have fat phobia and people don't like to talk about that because they're like oh no like it's okay it's okay to be fat blah 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 blah. and it's like well obviously it's fucking fine to be fat but we don't have a conversation about like how we're all we all have this idea that being fat is somehow like gross or bad and like understanding and owning the fact that like I have I have those biases allows me to challenge them like being like well why why is being fat bad and a lot of that was like a lot of the ways that they're reinforced like medically when you go to the fucking doctor and the doctor's like oh you're overweight or you're obese but it's not like an actual like aside from a health concern they're also like re reinforcing these ideas of like fat being bad but if you don't have a fucking health concern and you're just a little chunkier like whatever you know what I mean so yeah I I've been I've been doing a lot of like thinking and sometimes when I run into things where I'm like oh my my like my thighs got way bigger during quarantine and I'm like okay why does that like scare me so I've been doing a lot of that (laughs) I think for me, I've really worked on trying to be a little bit more objective about my own weight because like so often if I gain five pounds, I put myself in a category that I just don't fucking belong in, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, like I'll be like, oh, my God, I look fat. I'm like, no, 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 you don't actually look fat. Like I've had to be like objectively being like, no, you don't look fat. And like not that like and then but then I'm like, oh, my God, well, I'm saying that being fat is being bad. But what I'm just also saying is that, like, if you're not fat, you need to stop calling yourself fat. But but that just goes into the whole narrative of, like, literally, like, what the fuck is wrong with, with being fat? <laughs> you know? And calling it out to other people. Like, I feel like sometimes I, I had conversations with my family that are like, oh, I'm just like, I don't feel good about myself because I can't lose the weight. And I'm like, okay, well, that's just you scared to be, like, that's a bigger conversation than us, like, having to work out and, like, 
getting plastic surgery and stuff like that like Mm -hmm. this is a conversation of like why do we not feel comfortable with our bodies if they are bigger like the correlation that society has put on us with just being bigger overall like that women can be fucking bigger and I mean that the same thing with men you know they also have societal pressures to like be fit so I think it's a really big conversation and it's something we can definitely like talk more about on in a later episode and maybe with someone someone else who has done more work than us but I think it's a really important topic that a lot of people don't necessarily talk about because they're scared of like sounding mean (laughs) even though that it's a conversation that I think has a lot of power the more that you talk about it and the more that you call it out to other people mostly when people are like hungry and they're like well don't let me eat this and I'm like bitch what (laughs) yeah I think that this connects with is like I've never looked at a bigger person and been like oh my god they're disgusting but then it's like an internalized thing Mm -hmm. because I'll look at myself and feel that way so I've always just been like I need to be as kind to myself as I am to other people and I feel like that has really helped me that's like actually kind of like what my therapist told me to do because they were like well you would never say that to a friend or you would never say that to a stranger And I'm like, oh, well, of course not. I would never do that because I don't think like that. And then they're like, well, then why are you so like, why would you talk to yourself like that? And I think that really helped me change my frame of mind of like what it means to love yourself and what it means to be just kind to yourself. Because I feel like a lot of people put themselves down and me included. And it's like a daily thing that I have to remind myself about. But I think it's really helped change my mindset on how I feel about myself. I agree. Um, I try to do a lot of self-love. I have a nasty scar that I gave myself and uh, just being fucking stupid, bad story. But every time I look at it, I just remind myself of like how dumb I was during that moment and how much like maybe sometimes like I regret that moment or I would have handled things differently. And it's like a very physical fucking reminder that I have to look at every day and it's like not cute. And so I've just been like getting in the habit that every time I look at it and I like feel down about it, have to tell myself like it's okay and that it's something that I have I don't have to be ashamed of and I obviously like when people call it out I'm not like because people love to ask about scars which I fucking hate like don't fucking ask people about their scars I always like oh I accidentally like got a burn and it's something that I have to look at every day and say like hey this was like something that was part of like what happened to you and now we're moving forward And we're going to love that part of ourselves. I thought about covering it up with a tattoo like for the longest fucking time. And now I just like, I look at it, I breathe. And like, sometimes I'll give it a little, a little kiss and we're like, we're we're okay. We're okay. (laughs) You know, I don't know if this is going to be a funny story or not, but I have a scar that like, I'm like, this is so annoying that I scarred myself. And I scarred myself by making tater tots. So it's like every time someone asks me about the scar, I'm like... (laughs) I was high and making tater tots. I was a dumbass bitch, okay? Literally, I was literally <laughs> stupid. And then, yeah, but now I don't care anymore. Like, who cares? When I first got it, I was pretty upset that I gave myself, like, a third-degree burn from making tater tots. But now I'm okay with it, I guess. It is what it is. And I think something else that I realized was that a lot of the, I guess, the way that, like, I I feel about myself really reflects on the way that other people see me. Because, you know, I truly do believe that I'm a bad bitch. <laughs> and hell yeah I am and whenever I put that bad bitch bad bitch energy people receive it you know it's really not about like what the fuck I look like but it's about like the fucking aura that I put out in the world and the vibes and the energy 
And if I mean, I, this happens with everybody. I've had ugly dudes hit on me and I don't even think they're that cute. But then they carry themselves a way that I'm just like, oh, hi. You know? I basically, I've always said that like being a bad bitch is a state of mind, not a state of being. If you want to know whether you're a bad bitch or not, look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself that you are. I like dead ass feel like you can manifest energy and like, I have like affirmations that I don't use all the time, but I still do it. It's like affirmations or mantras that sometimes when you feel like when you catch yourself talking bad about yourself, you say like, wait, no, that's that's not true. I'm a bad bitch. It's either said than done. But once you get used to it, it's like honestly like a therapy tip. Stop your negative thought and replace it with a more kind thought when whatever that means to you. And like my mantra was like, I'm a bad bitch. And if you say it to yourself <laughs> enough, you just become a bad bitch. It's true. It's like ah, it's chef's kiss. It works. I'm telling you. The big takeaway is kind of fake it till you make it. That's 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 what they say in showbiz. You just got to fake it till you make it. So it's just like go into your closet, put on an outfit that makes you feel good and just wear it around the fucking house. It doesn't matter if you're not going out. You can wear platform heels and a mini dress when you work from home you can do it just fake it until you make it and just like manifest good energy by putting yourself in the position that makes you feel good yes yes (laughs) and when you're just like having a bad day like go back to what makes you feel powerful what makes you feel good about yourself and sometimes that's different for other people like i feel my most comfortable and like the baddest bitch when i'm like in heels and you know, cute club clothes. But some people feel really successful and good about themselves when they're on top of a mountain or when they're just like drinking tea. You know, it's different for everybody. And like being a bad bitch isn't about like twerking on the dance floor all the time. (laughs) Sometimes it's just about the inner glow and how you feel you're most successful and beautiful. I love that. And if you want to write in and tell us about a time where you were feeling like a bad bitch, we will love for you to paint us a picture. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening this week. This is definitely, again, the start of a fucking conversation. And we're going to dive into it some more some other time. But we're just putting out some feelers and let us know if there's anything in specific that you want to listen to or if there's any guests that you'd like to have on the podcast. Let us know. Plugs of the week! Woo! All right. My plug of the week this week is the Sylvia Rivera Law Project, which works to guarantee that all people are free to to self-determine gender identity and expression, regardless of income or race and without facing harassment or discrimination or violence. So they provide legal help uh, with basically like any sort of legal help for people in vulnerable communities, such as like the trans community, um, like undocumented people. Um, so, and they're based off Sylvia, Sylvia Rivera, which was a beautiful trans activist. Um, and their mission is amazing. And I, if you can, if you want to, which you should, um, if you can donate, um, their website is srlp.org and I'll post more info on our Instagram. All right, my plug of the week is going to be an artist named Jessica Lasser. She is an illustrator, fine artist, and designer. I found her super randomly while looking for art for my room. And so I bought maybe, I think like four or five of her art pieces that I have hanging in my rooms. And I'd love to say I get so many compliments on them, but I don't because no one comes to my house. Um, but, (laughs) But I have a really cool 
Ravenclaw because you know I'm Ravenclaw uh, a really cool Ravenclaw illustration and she does some really tight work so her Instagram is at J-L-A-U-S-E-R dot art and I will leave her at in the bio all right that's for the plugs of the week this week plugs of the week all right so that's the episode so thank you so much for sitting down with this conversation uh, we just want to plug our Instagram. Our main Instagram page is thanks the number for your concern. And my personal page is at Ella L. Tudor. Mine is at Bernice Diaz M. So please rate, subscribe, review, and come back next week. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.